Hey everyone, welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in John chapter 8. It reads, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning he came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on sin no more. Again Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, You're bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, therefore, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. So he said to them again, I'm going away, and you will seek me, and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, Will he kill himself, since he says, Where I am going, you cannot come? He said to them, You are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you will die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, Who are you? Jesus said to them, Just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true, and I declare to the world that I have heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are the offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. And they answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You're doing the works your father did. They said to him, We were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God, and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in truth, because there is no truth in him. 
When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. The Jews answered him, Are you not right in saying that you're a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, If anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died? And the prophets died? Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me, of whom you say, He is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. Yet he saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to Abraham, You're not yet fifty years old, and you say you've seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. We are blessed today to have Lisa back with us here on the podcast. And I know Lisa is passionate about serving so many places in the church. But today, I know she's really excited here about John chapter 8 and what we have here recorded in the scriptures. And so there's tons of different places we could jump into. But I know, Lisa, God's placed something on your heart that you want to talk about today. So what is that? Lee, I'm so glad to be back. Like you said, I love serving so many places, but one of the places that right now currently the Lord has me is serving in freedom groups at our church. And one of the concepts that we focus on there is freedom in Christ and what that means. And we disciple one another and we hold each other accountable and we point each other back to what freedom in Christ means. And so I want to hone in and zone in on John 8, 31 through 38. And I'm going to just overview real quick at what it says at the very beginning. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And so this concept of abiding in the word, which is Christ himself, but now we have the Bible as well that we can read and study and get to know him and know what that means to be set free in Christ. That's so great, Lisa. And as you talk here, you're just dropping some like huge buzzwords in our cultures. We're thinking about freedom and what it means to be free and our identity and who we are and how we relate to others. And uh, I'm excited to see, you know, what what is it truly that this is saying it means to be free? And how is it that that forms this new identity for us? Yeah, great question. You know, I love God's word because there are similar words and ideas that are pulled all throughout scripture. And so as you've studied and you've read John 8 today, or you've listened to John 8 today, I challenge you to go a step further and go to Galatians 5. I'm going to read two verses from Galatians 5 that really help answer your question and allow us to let scripture interpret scripture just like we hear taught at church. Galatians 5, 1 says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Galatians 5.13 then says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. And so what do we see here? We see that there is this difference. There is this change because of Christ. And we have a new identity no longer as we used to walk. It doesn't matter what that area might have been. And as we learn and study God's word, like I talked about earlier, we start to see and realize what it means not just to walk morally or to walk rightly, 
but to walk in humility, submitting to God and his design for his creation and how he wants us to live for him, for others, which ties in that Galatians 5.13 verse. It says, use your freedom not as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. And that's what the Christian walk is, is it's learning and growing a friendship with the Lord, understanding your new identity in Christ that you do not need to walk in ways that you once walked, but that you get to use that freedom to teach others, to disciple others, just to grow in your friendship and your understanding of a relationship with Christ more. Lee, what do you think? Do you have anything else to add yourself? Yeah, Lisa. So it sounds really like you're telling us in this this section and what we're looking at, when I'm freed from sin, it actually now gives me the opportunity to pursue God. And when I pursue God, and as this passage says, when I abide in him, I'm now in that true freedom of living in the identity of who I was made to be. But so what is it that frees me and allows me to take that new identity and to then experience this true freedom that's unlike any freedom we hear people talk about in our society today is they want to talk about freedom is like this glorious autonomy to do whatever we want. That's not really what this passage seems to be saying. It's saying that, no, my freedom is now tied to this new identity that I have in Christ. Yep. So I am going to jump to another buzzword maybe we even hear in the church is just the gospel and what the gospel is. So if we flip back to John 8, um, verse 28, I'm going to read this to you and then kind of unpack it with you. It says, so Jesus said to them, this is after he was talking about being the light of the world, him explaining even kind of what was going to happen to him in the future and, you know, die for our sins and submit himself to the Father's will in that, which we can pull as an example for us to live, submitting to the Lord. Verse 28 says, so Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own authority but speak just as the Father taught me, and he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. And so what we can take from this and answer what Lee has asked is we follow the example of Christ, and Christ submitted to the Father, submitted to his will. And what does it say? It says that he was not alone. So this concept of freedom in Christ, it's imitating Christ and submitting to the Father and the safety that there is in that, but also what a beautiful picture that was for Jesus and an example to us to submit to the Father, to die on the cross for you and me so that we can imitate him in walking through our daily lives and submitting our sins and our lives over to the Lord and walking in the fullness of Christ in that as him as our example when he was on this planet, but also to the point of death, death on a cross. This is amazing, Lisa, because this freedom that you're describing is so much greater than what we're thinking about in terms of what our society says is freedom. And just to be able to do whatever we want and not have ramifications or consequences for any of our actions. When we see this freedom, as you've described it from God's word, it's saying no, the all-loving, all-knowing creator of the universe who made and formed you. He desires you to submit to him and his will and his perfect plan so that you can be the greatest individual and the most freed individual to live on his earth that he's placed you in 
in a sin-filled world. And he says, I know that's going to be hard and I know that's going to be difficult, but I'm with you. You are not alone. I'm here to walk with you. And that is true hope and peace that is offered to us by that freedom that we can take. And you know, Lisa, it's so beautiful when we look here at this chapter and we jump back to the very beginning verses because we see there a true portrait of what this freedom looks like. You have this woman caught in sin and everybody's wanting to come bring judgment. But what we see Jesus display here is the freedom that he offers. He gives her that freedom saying, hey, you've all sinned. That's what he's talking about in this thing is nobody's able to stand there and throw that rock against her. No one is able to stone her in this instance. When we see Jesus saying to her at the end, verse 11, neither do I condemn you. Go and from now on sin no more. He releases her to the freedom of her new life. But what I really want to ask is, what do you think he wrote on the ground? You know, it's just puzzling. He writes twice. We don't know what he wrote on the ground, but it was significant enough that everybody who's there understands their sinfulness. How is it that we can understand our sinfulness? What do, what do you think he wrote on the ground? Well, first off, man, if you just think about this account, and if you've studied the Old Testament at all or know anything about the Old Testament, this is incredible what happens. Because like they said in the passage, she, in their culture and in their time, she should have been stoned. But that did not happen in this moment. And we see that tension being pulled all through the book of John as we continue to see Jesus teaching. He is the son of man. He is the son of God. And continuing to have authority over law, over all things. And so you ask me, what do I think he wrote on the ground? I've heard people say he wrote the word grace. And I've also heard people say, oh, it might be a word like holy, you know. But it had to have been something That if we put ourselves back in the time, back in the culture, that from the oldest to the youngest, they would have known and the spirit would have been working and moving to cause them in this incredible moment to lay their stones down. So do I really know what? No, I don't. But it would have had to have been something that they all knew. That's good. I mean, it's one of those things we'll never ultimately know. But I agree, it can't be one of these other things that we read back into and say, oh, this is where everybody understood grace was right here in John chapter eight. Because the rest of the book shows us they still don't get it. They still are not following. You know, I I go back to, I think he wrote down something about the Old Testament in Leviticus, about the sinfulness and the uncleanness of all people and the different things and their need to progressively be purifying themselves before the Lord because he reminded them of their sinfulness. If they're going to have this person suffer and die for her sins, they need to be prepared to do the same for their own. And so it's a beautiful portrait of grace. It's a beautiful picture of freedom. And it's my prayer that as our listeners listen to this today, this conversation that we've had, that they would understand the true hope, the true peace, and the true freedom that comes from accepting the yoke of Jesus in their life and from bonding themselves to him, abiding in him and living in that new reality and that new identity that that forges. Know today you are loved. You're-